Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. All right, uh, if you will, take your Bibles tonight and turn with me. Uh, let's go to uh, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Uh, I kind of mentioned this a little bit last Wednesday night. Uh, we're talking about an awareness of Holy Spirit, being aware of the presence of God that's in our lives. Uh, and I would, I would pray that some of you might have caught what I said uh, last week and you uh, walked this week and, and worked and, and lived uh, with a greater awareness of the presence of God in your life. Uh, not necessarily to meet your needs. God's going to do that. He's going to take care of us. Uh, but that you can be a tool for the kingdom, that you can be a tool for God's glory, that you can be a, a, a channel that the blessing of God can flow through. You know, I found in my life that, that uh, I, I go through struggles and things like that, but if I begin to focus on helping somebody else, praying for others, ministering to others, I find so many times that God takes care of my need, and I don't even ask. God just takes care. That's, that's the goodness and the mercy of God. And, and I think there's a principle in that, that once we begin to uh, say, God, I want to be a blessing to others, and God said, well, I'm going to be a blessing to you. As you bless others, I'm going to bless you. It's kind of like what we talk about a lot, what you get with your right hand. If you'll keep your left hand open, uh, God will always pass through the blessings. Your, your right hand will never run out, and your left hand will never run out uh, of, of something to give. And that's just the way God's kingdom works, isn't it? Amen? Now, I want us to uh, look tonight <clears throat> at the temptation of Jesus because I want to bring about, I want to bring something out there that, uh, that you've probably thought about, uh, but I don't, I don't, I've never... Uh, brought it out uh, in talking about this passage of Scripture. But before we go to Luke chapter 4 and verse 1, I want to read you uh, a Scripture out of John chapter 14 and verse 26. Now this is the awareness of Holy Spirit. Uh, and Jesus said this, John 14 verse 26, He said, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, how many of you know that Jesus is the Word? Jesus is the Logos. He is the Word. And so what Jesus was saying there was that the Comforter, whom he's going to send, whom the Father will send in his name, he said, uh, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Listen, I want to just throw this out at you. 
we spend a lot of time reading how-to books. We spend a lot, a lot of time preaching on how-to sermons, how to live successfully, how to have a happy life, how to, how to experience intimacy in your marriage, how to, how to uh, uh, walk in greater faith and all that, and, and the how-to and, 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 and all of that. Nothing wrong with that, and I think that's important to, to have a, real, uh, a well-rounded uh, uh, life and all that, and I think it's good. But I want to tell you this. If we would really understand the power of Holy Spirit, uh, we wouldn't have to read so many how-to books. And, and, and if you really, when we really grasp the power of Holy Spirit, uh, instead of sitting there saying, man, I need somebody to tell me how to fix my marriage, uh, Holy Spirit will tell you how to fix your marriage. First thing he's going to do is said you need to get rid of your pride, probably, and, and all that, but uh, just thought I'd throw that in. But anyway, that's the work of Holy Spirit. The work of Holy Spirit is to teach you what Jesus said. Now, when he said teach you what Jesus, uh, uh, what Jesus said, he was not saying he's going uh, to remind you of the scripture. He's saying he's going to explain how to use that scripture in your life. And when he said he's going to bring back to your remembrance, he's going to bring back to your remembrance that scripture. He's going to bring back to your remembrance that word that Jesus spoke. And then he's going to teach you how to walk in the fullness of that scripture. You say, well, pastor, I, I, I didn't know Holy Spirit did all that. Well, that's why, that's why we're talking about it tonight. Because, listen, I, I'm afraid that so many times we, we talk so much about Holy Spirit that we miss really what he's all about. So do you realize that he wants to empower you? He wants to enable you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to get you to where you don't have to have a teacher. He wants to get you to where you don't have to buy Stephen Furtick's messages and on, on CD and all that. Judy heard that, I bet she heard that. And uh, I've been calling her a Furtick night. Yeah, but but which I, I love to listen to him too. But but you understand what I'm saying. And so what we're going to look at tonight is the power of Holy Spirit that operated in the life of Jesus that that uh, worked and enabled him uh, to overcome the the temptation of uh, Satan. Now, as we look at this tonight. Have you ever asked yourself the question, why did Jesus have to go through this temptation? He's the Son of God. I mean, he's God's only Son. Why did he have to go through uh, the temptation? And there are many reasons, and uh, we could all probably come up with our idea, and, and a lot of them would probably have uh, merit. But I want to look uh, tonight at something uh, that really just today as I was studying, the, the Holy Spirit uh, brought this to me and I, and I began to look at it. But 
The temptation of Christ is recorded in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, all three of those books record the, the temptation story. But in all three accounts, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there's a, the same sequence of events uh, that take place that lead up to Jesus going into the wilderness. In other words, in all three books, before the temptation takes place, there's, there's the same sequence of events that takes place in Jesus' life. And, and it takes place at the River Jordan. That's where we were last Wednesday night at the River Jordan when Jesus was baptized by John. The Bible says he was baptized when he came up out of the water. Uh, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove descended upon him, which was uh, a picture of baptism in the Spirit. A voice spoke from heaven. God the Father spoke to his Son on earth. God in heaven spoke to his Son on earth as Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove. That's a beautiful picture of the Trinity. All right? But God the Father spoke and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. All right? Now, if you look at all three stories in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that same sequence of events take place. It's the baptism. It's the voice from heaven. God affirming uh, that this is my son. And then the wilderness uh, takes place. Immediately after Jesus is baptized, he's, uh, uh, one says he's driven into the wilderness. Uh, and, but uh, in Luke, it says that he, uh, he was led uh, into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what I want to bring out. When the voice of, of the Father spoke from heaven, saying, this is my beloved Son, it was God the Father in heaven identified with His Son on earth. Now, I want you to uh, just bear with me. We're going to go somewhere here. God the Father identified with His Son on the earth. Now, in other words, God the Father authenticated the mission that Jesus came to do on this earth. By identifying. In other words, God really joined up and said, I want everybody to know this is my son and he, he's been sent by me. And I'm well pleased in what he's doing. Now listen. Maybe, you've, maybe you have or maybe you haven't ever connected what God said to his son or about his son to the temptation in the wilderness. But I want to connect them tonight because I believe that they are connected. That when God spoke and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, it was an identification. Jesus became identified with his father. Remember we talked about last Wednesday night, Jesus said, I can do nothing except what I see my father do. So Jesus identified with his father. But here's... Here's the thing. Hell hated that statement. Satan hated that. Why? Because Satan 
hates God and Satan hates the very fact that God would identify with his son on the earth. Listen, because if Satan could rob Jesus of his identity, then everything else would be lost. That's the reason that it's so important that you know who you are in Christ. That's what the devil, listen, there's some of you tonight that the reason you've been fought so hard is that, that the devil knows that you have identified with Christ. It's what Paul said, I, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ who lives within me. All right, so Christ, Paul said, Christ lives in me, so he identified with Jesus. Listen, When we don't know our identity, I mentioned this Sunday morning, when you lose your identity, you have lost everything because you wander around not knowing who you belong to. You become like an orphaned child that has no father and has no direction because you don't know who you are. All right? And I believe that the battle that took place in Luke chapter 4 was a battle that Satan wanted to rob Jesus of his identity with the Father. Paul said this in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, For which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul said, for I know in whom I have believed. Paul said, I know who I'm identified with. All right? You say, well, Pastor, where's the awareness of Holy Spirit in this? We're going to get there. All right? But I want you to understand the power of identity, the power of knowing who you are, the power of being identified with Christ, the power of being able to realize I am a child of God. That doesn't come through the natural scheme of things. That comes through a work of Holy Spirit. I believe this, knowing that Jesus was God in the flesh, but he identified with man by taking on the flesh of man. So he identified with us. Therefore, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Father identified himself with it, but Jesus began to walk in the power of the Spirit. And I believe that it was the power and the witness of Holy Spirit that that witnessed to the flesh side of Jesus that would show us how to walk in the Spirit. Let's, let's, let's get to it here. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 1, the Bible says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Notice that. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, to say 
that Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost would indicate to us that there was a previous experience of him being filled. Can't be full of something if you hadn't been filled with it. Isn't that right? Simple, but but it's, it's, it's true. So Jesus had been filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was led, uh, uh, he came uh, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. All right? Now that word full or filled means this. It means satisfied. It means complete. But it also means, it can also designate an ongoing experience of being filled, all right? Of, it's an ongoing experience of being filled rather than just one burst of power that lasts a lifetime, all right? So, so what I'm saying is Jesus walked out of the Jordan River being complete in all that he needed to carry on the mission for which he had been sent, all right? He didn't go out unprepared. He didn't go out halfway. He didn't go out needing a little more here. But Jesus went out of the River Jordan, and he was totally and completely prepared to deal with what was going to come his way. And guys, it is the same way with you and I. If we understand that if we will walk in the fullness of Holy Spirit, being filled with Holy Spirit, that we have all that we need to be successful to face the enemy. Listen, you walk by faith and not by sight. Holy Spirit is not something that you can come in here on Wednesday night and I can pump you up like a, like a, a backyard sprayer and, and you can go out and spray, your, uh, spray yourself out, come back in here Sunday morning, we can pump you up again. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a relationship with God. and we're just I want to touch this real briefly. How, how do you be filled? Listen, you get a a part of Holy Spirit when you get saved because he's the one that draws you to Christ. But listen, just to really throw it out real simple, Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. What he was saying was, is when you get hungry for me, when you get thirsty for the righteousness of God, he said, you not, you might. Not maybe. He said you shall be filled. In other words, Jesus said when you hunger and thirst for my righteousness, you shall be complete. You shall walk in satisfaction. You shall walk in a consistent refilling of my anointing and my power. In other words, you might wake up in the morning feeling a little bit down and all that, but all you got to do is hunger for it a little bit and say, Father, I'm kind of weak today. I need a fresh infilling of Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? Now, this is how Jesus met the devil 
in the wilderness. All right? And that's what I want to, to get you to see tonight or us to see tonight is Jesus met the devil and he was totally and completely prepared to deal with the enemy. Listen, in, in Acts chapter 6 and verse 3, the Bible talks about when, when the disciples began to choose some deacons uh, to, to help in the ministry, that, they, uh, that the Holy Ghost uh, spoke to them and said, you need to find men that are full of the Holy Ghost and of wisdom. So, so deacons uh, were chosen not, not because they was uh, uh, Leroy's brother. They were chosen because they were men that were full of the Holy Ghost. If, if churches would choose deacons that were full of the Holy Ghost, they would have a lot less deacon-possessed churches. Somebody said, what? Listen, on down in Acts chapter 6 and verse 5, the Bible says they chose a man named Stephen. And the Bible says that Stephen was a man that was full of faith and the Holy Ghost. All right? And uh, you go on down in Acts chapter 7 and verse 55 when Stephen had spoken and ministered. And the Bible says that, that the religious folks there began to gnash upon him uh, with their teeth because he made them so angry because he was speaking the word of God and it was cutting into their lives. And, and the Bible says they picked up stones and began to stone Stephen. And, but in, in verse uh, 55 of uh, Acts 7, the Bible says, but he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of the Father, full of the Holy Ghost. You see, I believe that what we, what, and because I, I do this, is I talk about things so much, but sometimes I let the power of it slip away because it's all in the Word, verbiage. I'm talking about it. I, I, I read about it a lot. I hear about it a lot. But I don't apply the truth and I don't keep myself cognizant or aware of the presence of God that's living on the inside of me. I've said this so, uh, a lot of times about my mom uh, when she had a wreck, the first words that came out of her mouth was, I'm glad I prayed today. And, and I thought about that so many times that she was laying there and her body was busted and broken up, crushed hips and crushed ankles and ribs broken and, and all of that. And, and I walk into the ER and the first words out of her mouth was, I'm glad I prayed before I left the house. You know what? And thinking about that, uh, I, I'm she was saying was, I'm glad that I got in the Holy Ghost before I left the house today. And guys, remember this. And you say, well, Pastor, uh, I, I've never experienced that feeling of the Holy Ghost. Well, well you can, and, and we're going to open the door for that. Because 
I, I believe it's important that, that you experience that. You might not do like I do. You might not do like Pastor Don. But, but you, you can be filled with a power. Listen, uh, I, 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 it's sad to say that for a while there, uh, uh, being filled with the Holy Ghost meant you got to act crazy. That's not what it's about, guys. God wants to fill you with the power of Holy Spirit so that you can do a number on hell. Instead of hell doing a number on you. Amen. All right. But I want you to notice something that, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about the temptation. But I want you to notice that in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1, the Bible says that Jesus, uh, being full of the Holy Ghost, uh, was uh, led by the Spirit into the wilderness. But if you go on down to Luke chapter 4 and verse 14, you'll see this. And this was after the temptation. And Jesus, I'm in verse 14, Luke chapter 4, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. Catch this. He went into a battle full of the Holy Ghost. He came out of that battle full of the Spirit. So much full of the Spirit that there went out a fame about him all throughout Galilee. Y'all missed what I'm trying to say. That was my point, and y'all missed it. What I'm saying, guys, is that Jesus was complete. He was satisfied in the Spirit when he met the devil at the temptation. He knew that Satan wanted to, to rob him of his identity. And he was ready for it, and he was ready to do battle. And going through the battle and fighting the forces of hell did not weaken him down. Because when the battle was over, Jesus was still full of the Spirit. I walked into this battle, I was full of the Holy Ghost. I fought hell, I fought beast, I fought all the, the things of hell that would throw at me, and when I got through defeating them, I walked out on the other side, and I'm still full of the Holy Ghost today. Do you see what I'm saying? That can be you tonight if you understand the power of Holy Spirit. It is amazing to me that uh, how many times in this little short passage of Scripture that the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, is mentioned. It's mentioned uh, in the baptism. It's mentioned in the temptation. And even after the temptation, you go on down in Luke chapter 4, and you see where Jesus walked up into the temple, and he said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Listen, now, now you can look at it and say, well, pastor, you know, that was Jesus. He was the son of God. You know, that, that was for him. 
And so many people say that, and you know what? They miss, they miss the very thing that Christ is saying, I want you to get this. And we could go on down and go through and talk about all the, all the times that, that Jesus said the comforter is coming. I'm sending him in, uh, uh, the Father sending him in my name. The spirit of truth is coming. When you get him, you won't need anybody to teach you. When you get him, you won't need anybody to show you how because I'm sending him. He's going to show you. I'm going away, but I'm, I'm sending him. He, yeah, he's the one that was there when I was baptized in the wilderness. I know he works because he was with me when I went into the temptation in the wilderness and the devil tried to rob me of who I was. I know he works because I walked out of that struggle with that same power and I'm sending him to you. He's so awesome that I'm, when I leave, I'm going to send him to you on the day of Pentecost and he's going to baptize you in the upper room. And, and when you leave, Peter, you're going to be a changed individual. You won't ever be the same. That old Peter that's always putting his foot in his mouth and always messing up walked out of the upper room after the day of Pentecost and began to point his finger at sin and began to preach the gospel. Why? Because he was filled with the power of Holy Spirit. And I done killed my whole series there because I went ahead there, you know? All right. But listen, Jesus was tempted. The Bible says in verse 2 of chapter 4 that Jesus was there being tempted of the devil uh, 40 days And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward uh, hungered. Uh, And verse 3, And the devil said unto him, "If, If you be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Uh, There were three areas that Satan tempted uh, Jesus in. And and I'm going to just kind of simplify it tonight. Uh, This first area was concerning bread. Now, Jesus had been fasting. uh, And uh, apparently after uh, the 40 days of fasting had, uh, or somewhere in that, we don't know the details of it, but uh, the hunger pains begin to return. If you've ever been on a a three-day fast or a seven-day fast, you know that once you hit that three-day, if you can overcome that three-day uh, uh, break over there, the hunger pains will leave. And, and your body has, has begun to detoxify and, and you won't be hungry anymore and you can go and, uh, uh, for, for an extended amount of time and, and hunger won't bother you. The thought might bother you, but the hunger won't. All right, but apparently uh, the hunger had returned to Jesus, and and he was hungry. Uh, Satan, being an opportunist, recognized this, and so therefore the first thing that he does is throws out to Jesus that listen, if if you are who you said you are as the Son of God, you can command these these stones uh, or this stone that it would be made bread. See, that's how the enemy works is he 
detects or he hears us or he checks our spiritual temperature and recognizes that there's an area that, that we are struggling with. There's, there's some pain there, and he says, you know what? I can capitalize on this. I believe that what the enemy wanted to do was he wanted to rob Jesus of his power, which is what is happening in many of our churches today and many of our personal lives today is we, we talk about all this stuff, but we are powerless when it comes to fighting the enemy. Listen, I am firmly convinced today that we wouldn't have to be dealing with all this struggle that we're dealing with in our culture today if we walked in the power of the Holy Ghost. If we had power on Monday like we claim to have on Sunday. I'm not, I'm not beating you up. I'm just, I love you. All right. Two or three, y'all said. But, but understand this, guys. I'm just, I'm just trying to share it because I'm telling you, this that I'm talking about radically changed my life. It radically changed my life. So I'm not telling you something that, that I don't know a lot about. I'm telling you something tonight. The power of Holy Ghost will radically change your life. All right? And so uh, Satan recognized that Jesus was hungry, and so he said what he's wanting to do is I want to get him to use his power in a way that would dishonor the father because the father just said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. You need to listen to him. So the devil said, if I can get the son to do something that would dishonor the father, all that that was spoken of over there, it don't, it don't mean nothing, all right? But now listen, I was thinking about this today, and I began to think about my life and the mind games and all the struggles that, that go on in my mind. See if you can't maybe relate to some of this. Here's Jesus standing there. He's been fasting for 40 days. He's been battling with beasts, wild beasts in the wilderness. He's been dealing with every demon of hell and all that. And he's weak and tired and hungry. And here comes the devil said, see that stone there? Uh, if you were the son of God, you could speak to that stone. It'd be turned into bread. And, and, and probably Jesus looked at him and said, but it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. I, this is the way I think, all right? I think that when the enemy came to Jesus and said that, I believe Holy Spirit began to turn and Holy Spirit said, listen, I want to remind you of this word spoken of in Deuteronomy. I want you to tell the devil this. And Jesus said, oh, yeah, that's a word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you've given it to me. And he said, uh, it is written, man, don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But think about the battle that Jesus was going through. Think about how hell probably assaulted 
even what the Father had spoken at the Jordan. Think about the devil and how he will play tricks on your mind and tell you, oh, what happened to you Sunday? That wasn't real. Walk out of here Sunday morning, man, and, and I just got a word from God. Man, I got a revelation from God. I've been praying about this particular subject, and, and uh, the, the, the preacher preached and, and spoke right to me. Somebody came up and just prophesied and just spoke this word right into my spirit. And man, the fire of God, I'm so excited about Jesus. Uh, I can't wait uh, to get out of here so I can tell somebody about Jesus. And, and Monday comes, and the devil says, all that stuff, that, all that that happens Sunday, it was just an illusion. Maybe, maybe that's what Jesus went through. Or maybe the enemy in this temptation looked at him and said, really? Really? You're the son of God? Really? Where you were born? You were laid in a cow trough? Really? And you call yourself the son of God? Really? Are, really? You telling me that, that you are the son of God, that, that the father identified with you at Jordan, but yet you were born into a poor carpenter's family? I want you to get what I'm saying, guys. It's a battle that, that all of us go through. There's not a one of us in here that you haven't uh, had somewhere in your life that you have battled with the whole idea. Am I really, do I, I don't feel like I'm saved. You've battled with the idea that you were so condemned because you had stumbled or something and the devil came and said, really? Really, do you really think that you are a child of God? And I believe that the enemy went on down and he said, really, Jesus, you, you say you're the son of God, but yet when you were born, your, your, your mama and your daddy had to run and flee from Herod because they were afraid that he was gonna kill you. Really, if you were the son of God, why did they run? All this is in the Bible, all right? But I'm just telling you, the reason that you and I need an awareness of Holy Spirit in our life. Because if you sit there and listen to all the lies and you listen to all the accusations and you listen to all the questions and you listen to all the vile stuff that's coming out of the mouth of hell, if you sit there and listen to it and don't have a battle plan and don't have a word from God that you can come back with, listen, the devil will rob you of your identity. More than he wants your power, he wants your identity but he will rob you of your power in order to get to your identity. Listen, think about this. Think about, May, I, and I thought about all this today as I was, as I was sitting there, I, and, and I began to think about, you know, Jesus was born, and for 30 years, uh, after he turned 12, on from 12 to, to 30 years, 
We didn't know anything about him. He was in total obscurity. Think about how the enemy tried to capitalize on that. Really, are you the son of God? Where have you been for the past uh, 28 years? Nobody's even heard uh, anything about you. Nobody even knows any. And, 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 and if to, to, to top all that off, if you were the son of God, why are you out here in the wilderness? Unhonored, uncared for, unpitied, Nobody knows you're out here. Nobody gives a rip whether you are out here and all that. But you, the Son of God, are out here in the wilderness uh, fighting the wild beast and all of that. And nobody even knows you exist. And you tell me that you are the Son of God. And listen, if, if you don't have a battle plan when that happens in your life, you'll find yourself sinking down into a bottomless pit. But if you understand this, that that he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. And if you will understand this, that if you can just say it is written, I don't know a lot about, I can't memorize all of it, but I know that it is written. I know that the word of God says this. If you understand, if you understand, guys, that is the power of Holy Spirit. Jesus was aware that there was one on the inside of him that was greater than the one that was talking to him. And so therefore, he said, it is written. Listen. It goes on down to the second temptation in Luke chapter 4 and verse 5 says and the devil took him up to a high mountain and showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time the devil said unto him all this power will I give you and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. I believe that this is an attempt to rob Jesus of his position. All right? He wanted to rob Jesus of his position whether he's trying to rob you of your power or whether he's trying to rob you of your position, he ultimately wants your identity. He is ultimately mad because of what the Father did at the Jordan River. The Bible says that Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Now listen, Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus, being God, was all-knowing, all-seeing, and all-powerful. But the example 
that Jesus was showing to you and I in this story is this. That if we will walk filled with Holy Spirit, we can say it is written. Now, don't just walk out and say, well, you know, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't need to read the Bible or anything like that. I'll listen to it on tape every once in a while and, and, and all that. Listen, you've got to have something in you before Holy Spirit can bring it out of you. Remember, Jesus went into the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost because he had been filled with the Holy Ghost. I speak the word of God through the work of Holy Spirit because I was filled with the word of God at 4.30 in the morning when nobody was around, I was studying the word of God. Or when I was driving down the road, I was listening to the word of God and I was hearing the word of God. And in the midst of my battle, that that I listened to and that that I heard all of a sudden welled up in me because Holy Spirit brought it to my remembrance and reminded me of what the Father had said. You see, you got to be full of it. You got to be filled with it before Holy Spirit can bring it out of you. Amen. But it was a battle for position. The devil wanted to rob Jesus of his position. The, the third one is found in Luke chapter 4, begin with verse 9. The Bible says that he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. I want you to notice something there that I failed to bring out. But in each one of these uh, attempts uh, from Satan to, to tempt Jesus or to rob Jesus, He starts out with a two-letter word, if. If thou be the Son of God. And again, that ties back to the Jordan, where the Father said, this is my Son. But Satan said, if. In other words, the devil said, I don't believe what the Father said. If, if you're the son of God, do this. There's a lot of truth in that, guys. All right? All right, let me find where I was. He said, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. I believe this was an attempt to rob Jesus of his purpose. Position, power, purpose either one that the enemy can rob you of he will get you with your identity 
or he will get your identity. Because if you don't know what your purpose is, let me tell you this. Your first and most important purpose is to be a light and to be salt. That's your greatest purpose. Don't, go, don't get caught up. Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to teach or I don't know if I'm supposed to preach. I don't know if I'm supposed to pray or prophesy or what. I don't know my purpose. And, and people get beat down. I don't, Pastor, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Just do something. Get involved. Listen, I'd rather make mistakes for Jesus than, than do nothing. <clears throat> but your first and foremost purpose, and I believe that, that once we get this and understand this, I believe the rest of it will come. Many times we don't get the rest of it because we don't get this, that my main purpose is to share the love of Jesus, to build the kingdom, to be a witness, whether I'm doing it at work, whether I'm doing it at church. Listen, my purpose when I come in here on Sunday morning is not, a, it, one of them is to preach, but my main purpose is just to love on people and to let them see Jesus in me, to do something, to speak a word of encouragement to them, to smile or do something, and, and to build the kingdom of God. But when I leave out of here on Sunday morning or, or tonight, my purpose, my, my grand purpose is to be a witness, is to tell people about Jesus. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Amen. I won't kill the spirit by singing, but you understand what I'm saying. Listen, through all of this temptation, and according to history, the place where Jesus was tempted was in a kind of like a, a gorge. Uh, it had high uh, stone uh, walls, and it was out in the out in the wilderness. There wasn't no Popeye's chicken or anything out there. There wasn't no, there wasn't no streets and street lights and all that. It was out in the wilderness. And that's where Jesus was tempted. But in all of that, Jesus walked out of the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. And I want to tell you something about the Holy Ghost. He's not going to run out of power. He's not going to run out of energy. Doesn't matter what you're going through, what you're dealing with, Holy Ghost will have the same power today as he did yesterday. And when you get up in the morning, that power will still be the same. All right? So I want you to, I want you to get this tonight. Father, help me to connect with what Holy Spirit is doing in my life. Help me to become so sensitive of Holy Spirit in my life that every word that I speak, every, every turn that I take, I'm saying I'm led by the Spirit. God is directing me.
Listen, that thought that pops in your head, you need to pray for somebody. That, that thought that pops in your mind, you need to go over and just give them a hug. That thought that pops in your mind, you need to bake them a pecan pie or something like that. Boy, I just felt the, the presence of the Lord on that. You know, I tell you, Miss Sarah Adams coming here Sunday morning, she had me a sweet potato pie. That's right, that's right. That's where I got revelation when I saw that. I got revelation. That thing was good. But see, we just got to, we got to realize that I'm identified with Christ and because I'm identified with him, I've got position. And, 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 and I, I'm, not just, I'm not just some flunky that's, that's bouncing around. I got position. You know, I'm seated with him in heavenly places and I'm trying to quit, but, but you see what I'm saying. And, and, and if I understand that I'm identified with him and I got position with him, then I've got power. I've got power to, to walk like I'm identified with Jesus. I've got power to walk like I'm a child of the king. And, and, and because I've got power and position and I know whom I'm identified with, then I've got a clear purpose. I don't have to question what I'm supposed to do. I don't have to question where I'm going because I've got purpose. Amen. Go ahead and stand with me. Thank you, Jesus. I want to ask you this tonight. Lord's willing, next Wednesday night, we're going to get more into how how to be filled, how to, to walk full of the Holy Spirit. But I want to ask you this tonight. I'm going to do it in a very simple way because I'm not the baptizer. I'm not the one that fills you. He's the one that does it. But we just want to give him an opportunity tonight. So I want to ask you this question. Uh, do, you, do you feel like that you are full of the Holy Ghost? Do you feel like that you've been filled with the power of Holy Spirit? If your answer is yes, that is awesome. But if your answer is, I don't know, or no, I don't, Pastor, I want you just to raise your hand. We're, we're not going to embarrass anybody. But listen, remember this, that every day you need to be filled afresh with Holy Spirit. So what I'm saying is that, that perhaps... You've just been going and struggling and battling and you haven't been refilled. And, and you're just like that vehicle that you drove up here with tonight. If you don't stop and put gas in it, Autumn, Ashley, and Judy, if you don't put gas in it, it ain't going to run. And the same way with your spirit. Your inner man, you have to fill it. It has to be filled. So I want to ask you this tonight, one more time. 
if you if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I, I need I need a fresh filling. I need I need a fresh filling. If that's you tonight, just stick your hand up, right back down. Amen. 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 All right. And we're gonna pray tonight. And I'm gonna say a simple prayer. But I want you to receive by faith tonight and realize that what God wants to do can happen in your life. And here's, what, here's what's going to happen. I believe the anointing is going to come tonight and there's a, there's a hunger and a thirst going to be produced in you. Because you see, you can't do it on your own. You need that spiritual hunger and that spiritual thirst that only God can bring. So here it is. When we pray, I believe God's going to produce that hunger in you. In other words, you're going you're gonna to begin to just desire to, to get in the Word. You're going to de- just desire just to begin to pray. Right? You, you, man, I just can't wait until I can stop so I can read the Scripture or I can pray. That's, that's what I'm talking about. And that is what will produce the filling in you. All right? Let's pray. Father, we just simply tonight believe your word. God, we, we believe tonight that, that, Father, that you said in your word in Matthew chapter 5 uh, that, that if we would hunger and thirst for righteousness, uh, that we would be filled. So, Father, God, I believe tonight that those that, who raised their hand, God, that they desire, God, to be filled tonight. And, Lord, we know that that filling comes as a result of hunger and thirst. So, Father, I'm believing tonight in the name of Jesus that as we pray, God, that you are, you are producing that hunger and that thirst. Lord, tonight, God, that the anointing of your Spirit, even right now, is working in people's lives, men and women, and God, that, that Father, that they're, they're going to walk out of here, and God, they're going to say, man, I got I to go read this scripture. And I just need to pray. And Father, you're going to begin to feel them. Father, I just speak tonight that every hungry heart, every thirsty soul, God will be filled. I declare it tonight. According to the power of your word, I speak that tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you tonight, Holy Spirit. We thank you tonight for your power in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I just bless your people, Father. Every man, every woman, every family that's represented here tonight, I speak the blessing of heaven over their lives tonight in the name of Jesus. And, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Father, that we're hungry. Thank you that we're thirsty in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you praise. And everybody said amen.